right, welcome back, everybody. Canberra Football Show, episode 25, round three review. Uh, Russ is joining me today along with Michael. Russ, glad to have you back. How have you been? Yeah, really good. Thanks. Had a busy week of football, um, as you know, and uh, we've got a busy week coming up as well. Plenty of action on Bar TV and plenty of football to watch from everybody around Canberra. Michael, how's it going today? Yeah, good. Good. Uh, we've got some more action uh, to unpack um, over this sort of long weekend uh, period. Uh, obviously, we had uh, Anzac Day, so uh, still plenty of football uh, that, that that was played. Um, and yeah, we're just looking to uh, break that down as we as we always do. All right, I love how I love how you're shaking it up again with the location, mate. That's a some Duna cover you got in the background. <laughs> yeah, no, this is um something that my grandmother picked out for me. So yeah, one of, one of my favorite uh, blankets. Uh, that, that's for sure. Keeping you warm in the cold camera. Yes, exact days come around. We've all got the heating on again. That's that's right. So this uh, this Duna definitely does the job. I can I can assure you with that. <laughs> All right, on from Dunas to uh, books. Uh, Andy Bernal's book, Riding Shotgun, Russ, which you uh, ghostwrited, I believe, is is coming out. So uh, what would you like to tell everyone about that? Yeah, well, what happened with the process was Andy wrote the words um, and I just massaged them for him and helped him helped him get him across the line and that kind of thing. So we've been working on that for about a year. Um, it, it is Andy's own words. Um, I was there just to help him along the way, as I said. Uh, comes out tomorrow, launch tomorrow up at Glee Books in Sydney. We'll have another launch in Canberra as well, a bit later down the track. But I'm sure Andy's super glad to get his um, story out on, uh, actually published. It got it in his hands. I've just seen a picture of it. He just picked one up for the first time, um, a tangible hard copy, which is always great. We've seen a lot of online stuff, so it's great to see. And um, it's a fantastic story, and I just recommend it to everybody to go out there and support not only... Um, a great football story, but someone from Canberra whose story has been lost a little bit down the track. And I think you, you talk about great Canberra exports and uh, in terms of football, and you talk about Tommy Roderick and you talk about um, people of that ilk, but Andy Bernal's right up there. He was the first to do it, first to go to Spain, first to go to the UK. Um, and he's got an amazing story. And the David Beckham um, assistant part of it is only a small part of it. The rest of it is fantastic. It's a really good read. Highly biased, but recommend you go and buy it right now. <laughs> <laughs> well, we're looking, well, hopefully uh, we're looking forward to have uh, Andy Bernal on the show one day in the future uh, regarding his book and also his, uh, his, experience with, his experiences with Canberra football. I saw a picture he shared online of him uh, when he was like 14, 15 years old with Narabunda mm. uh, back in the day uh, before he moved to Spain. So we'll also chat to him about that. And I'm looking forward to chatting to him about being coached by Brian Clough. That's, that's, that's what I'm uh, looking forward to chatting him about as well. The Brian Clough yeah. story is is quite remarkable when you read about it. Andy turns up at uh, Nottingham Forest, not even invited, and he uh, manages to wangle himself for contracts. So you make sure you buy the book and read about it because it is quite incredible the way it happens. That's great. I'm, I'm really looking forward to that one. Michael, let's get started straight into MPL1. Uh, right, let's do it. What is our first matchup? So we had uh, Tigers uh, FC up against Tuggeranong United in that matchup that was uh, rescheduled. Uh, uh, that was meant to be played on the weekend, but it got moved uh, to Thursday night. Obviously, uh, you two uh, commented on that game. Uh, what an entertaining game as well. Th- three apiece uh, for uh, Tigers uh, and, and Tuggeranong um, with uh, Tigers uh, Popovich uh, scoring a double and Timotheo finding the net in the second half. Uh, Tuggeranong scorers were Doherty uh, and Slavich and Murray 
uh, scoring uh, from the uh, penalty spot in the 89th minute to uh, get Tuggerong United um, their uh, share of the spoils. Matt, how did this one uh, play out? I know that you, obviously I mentioned that you two were in the uh, commentary area uh, for the, for this game. It, it looked like an, a very entertaining uh, game, uh, that's for sure. It certainly was. There's a bit of a challenge to commentate on, as Russ will tell you as well. Uh, we could barely see our notes. Uh, some of the corners of the pitch were, like from the scaffold, you couldn't really see, so the camera guy had a bit of a tough time in terms of yeah, saw that. corners yeah. on that side. So uh, that was interesting. But in, in terms of the actual game, Tigers... Uh, Seemed to be off to the races to begin with. Uh, once they scored early with through Popovich and then they scored just before half time. But then they just decided to sit back a little bit and just break when they wanted to. That's when Tuggeron had more of the ball. But they just, first half, they just weren't able to sort of get over the line in terms of getting into the final third. Or when they did, they just weren't able to string that final pass together. But in the second half, though, they came out a diff- very different uh, Tuggeron. It's that, that old fighting spirit that we keep associating with Tuggeron United and Mitch Stevens' side with Doherty. I believe Russ has a stat on Doherty when he'll mention soon, Slavich and Murray. Yeah, Tyron just kept fighting back. And then Timotheo scored in the 58th minute. That was that was probably my favorite goal of the weekend. Uh, it was a long-range effort from just, out, just outside the box, I think. And it was all on the ground, complete power in the bottom corner. So, look, Tyron for me showed a lot of fighting spirit, which is great to see. Tigers, though, they'll be a little disappointed that they didn't uh, get all the three points here, considering they conceded a penalty. Uh, with one of the defenders leaving a foot out um, for that last penalty. So Tigers will be a little bit disappointed, but Tigerland will be very happy, very happy with that second half performance. Now they'll be looking to sort of transition that second half performance uh, to starting games like that and not trying to be on the front foot straight away. What do you uh, think about the matchup, Russ? The second 45 minutes epitomizes Tigerland's season. If they could bottle their 45 minutes the second half um, and replicate that in the first half, they'll be at the top of the table. You look at the, the those 45-minute performances against Belconnen, Canberra, Croatia, and against Tigers FC, and they've been very good in the second half. It's just not been great in the first 45. Um, I mentioned to Mitch Stevens in the week, if you watch the second halves of their three games in isolation, you'd think they're top of the table. If you watch the first half, you think they're down the bottom. So they need to just be able to get a bit more consistency. Um, the two penalties they were awarded, uh, controversial fashion, the second one, Anthony Timotheo scored a really crisp goal, which you mentioned, and he was the one that was penalised twice. Um, in the box for the fouls. The second one, very de- uh, debatable in the last minute as well. Shane Murray with his first touch was never going to miss. He cracked it straight down the middle. It was a great penalty um, to get a point for his team. But in, in the end, a draw was probably fair, but Tigers would have thought that having been 2-0 up and 3-1 up, they had enough quality to see that one out. And it might be a bit worrying um, for Ryan Grogan and his team, the way they let that one slip. And you could see afterwards, some of the players were really shattered that they put the effort in and they hadn't got the full reward out of it, whereas Tuggerong were very happy with what they got. All in all, very good night's entertainment um, on Thursday night football at the AIS. And Cam Doherty with his first goal in NPL football in 106 matches. So congratulations to Cam. He's been, he said, banging them in in preseason. He got two. One was from the spot. So if that's banging them in, I guess from Cam's <laughs> point of view, it is. Um, and he should have had a second. Uh, he had his penalty saved and Andrew Stavitz scored from the yeah. rebound. So maybe he's off and running at the races and he'll get double figures by the end of the year. But great at night's entertainment, uh, give, even given the uh, difficulties being able to see what was going on. Yeah, it was just one of those uh, situations uh, in that matchup. Uh, Michael, are you ready to move on to the next one? Yeah, let's do it. So we had uh, Canberra, Croatia uh, at home at Deakin Stadium to the West Canberra Wanderers. Uh, And what a result for West Canberra Wanderers. Uh, 
sneaking away with a one nil uh, victory. Uh, the visitors uh, scored in the 49th minute uh, through the penalty spot uh, from Cole in the 49th uh, minute. Uh, this is uh, the first time that Canberra Croatia have tasted uh, defeat for for a while, um, to, uh, which is absolutely amazing in terms of how they've performed over the last few years and uh, to eventually be cracked by a team that they probably well that no one would have maybe expected them uh, to lose to uh, per se, uh, but it was a fantastic performance uh, from from West Canberra. They're playing. Re- real swagger and, and real confidence uh, at the moment. And that was not the narrative about a year or so ago, but now they're playing some, some great football. Um, I think Gilsus will be very pleased with how uh, they approached uh, that game and they took it to Canberra, Croatia. Um, obviously, I think that uh, Russ, you'll mention that uh, Canberra, Croatia were obviously uh, missing a few uh uh, players uh, that that would feature in the in the starting lineup, but I mean, it's just the normal case of having to beat what's in front of you, and that's what uh, West Canberra Wanderers had to do, uh, and that's what they did. So it's another great win uh, for them. It's another great um, away victory uh, for them as well. Obviously, firstly beating Monero uh, at Riverside, and and now to beat uh, West Canberra, uh, sorry, to beat Canberra Croatia away from home as well is a, a great feat for them. So uh, a great, a very good start. Uh, to the to the season uh, for them, uh, I think both sides uh, had, had a red card each uh, in this contest as well. Uh, Russ, a, a great result uh, for for West Canberra Wanderers, but uh, Canberra Croatia were definitely uh, shorthanded. Yeah, irrespective of the fact that they were missing half a dozen players, it doesn't matter. You play what's put in front of you, as you quite rightly said there, and they played the eleven players that were in the Canberra Croatia shirts at the time, and they've come away with three points. Um, if you had told them at the start of the season that they would have got six points from um, away trips to Monero, Panthers and Canberra, Croatia, I think they would have thought you were a bit mental. Um, but they have a lot of belief in themselves. I mean, we would never have picked that either. And that's why the tips uh, are so askew this year is that you never would have thought that that was the case. But thoroughly deserved their win. Not only was it their very first win at Deakin Stadium as well. It, um, it's the first goal they've scored there since 2013, I think, if I remember rightly. Wow. And, um, that was back when they were Woden Valley and they've been copping some heavy hidings off of Canberra Croatia down the years in their various guises. So I think for Woden Weston, it was about time they got the result. And as you say, they're on a crest of a wave. They put some a run together. Thought maybe, you know, the first game of the season when they got beat 4-1, it might put them on the back foot a little bit, but it hasn't. Um, and they've ridden their luck in parts, but yeah, so is everybody else in the league. And in the end of the day, they've got themselves a 1-0 win and three more points in the bag. And they're sitting pretty on the ladder at the moment. And as you mentioned... Um, just before I popped in here about we talked about predictions off there and stuff and you just can't predict anything at the moment no it's uh, as the case uh, proved to be you know me ending up with zero um, tips correct (laughs) this past weekend just really shows how um, how tough the games are and how unpredictable they've proved uh, to be you wouldn't have been the only one that ended up with zero either I would have thought mate I mean I I had a look at the fixtures at the start of the weekend and if at the start of the season you were looking at these rounds of fixtures and you were looking at Balcon against Monero uh, Olympic versus Gangalan Croatia versus Woden and Tuggeron versus Tigers you would have probably gone in and no one would have said you were mental if you'd gone Tigers, Croatia Monero, Gangalan and everyone would have gone yeah I agree and not one of those results has come off um, so yeah. it's, a, it's an incredible statistic and it's great for the game that there's so many consistent teams in it. We spoke about it during the broadcast and off air afterwards at the Tigers-Tuggeron game. We just got no idea 
um, who's going down this season. You've got no idea. You can't pick the results from one week to the next, and it's going to make it extremely interesting as we get towards the pointy end of everything. Look, Absolutely. It, it, Matt, do you have any uh, thoughts on this uh, encounter before we move on at all? Or Yeah, I was just very impressed with... Um, um, with, I was about to say Woden West, uh, with uh, West Camp <laughs> Wanderers, I, because not, after their goal, they did go a man down, I believe. Uh, so to still keep that sort of... To still, still, kind of, still sort of keep that lead, uh, mm. you know, despite being a man down. And, and we all know, uh, even though they were still missing like six or something, something players, Canberra Crash are still, the rest of their squad's still pretty much quality. So for West Canberra Wanderers, that's a fantastic feat. And we did see last season when they started to win, they started to get on a bit of a roll. And they've got a lot of great confidence about them. When I talked to Ulysses, he said, we're not happy with our perception being, you know, the underdogs. But the only way we can change that is by getting results and, getting results against the likes of Monaro and uh, the reigning champions of Canberra, Croatia. Uh, if they keep up these sort of, you know, uh, performances, these sort of victories, I think they're going to uh, change some perceptions uh, before the end of the season. But he'll be the first, uh, he also be the first to tell you that it's still very much a long way to go in this season. Yeah, All Gabe, right. yeah Gabe Cole was sent off within 30 seconds of scoring the winning goal from the penalty spot for a gesture. To the crowd, which brings a whole different complexion to the conversation about how much abuse you take as a player before you you um, gesture back and you get yourself into trouble. Yet nothing's done um, to all the words that are said to you in the first instance. So it, yep. it's not nothing. It's not something we like to see either way, to be honest. But I feel for him a little bit. I feel that there would have been a lot of release of uh, pent up um, tension and aggression when he scored that goal. Um, so I can understand the reaction in some respects, but um, I think that was a fairly draconian um, decision by the referee to send him off. Uh, maybe a quiet word might have been better. However, that's the letter of the law and the officials were doing what they have to do. It's one of those situations where you've even said in the professional game as well, there's plenty of situations like that. And it's something everything talk, everyone talks about in that regard. All right, Michael, next up, we've got Belcon United defeating Monaro Panthers 2-1 at home. McCaw and Mikkel with the goals and Ahmed Shaibu with the goal for Monaro Panthers. How did this one play out? Yeah, so uh, Belconi United, uh, the hosts, continued their great start to the uh, year with a with uh, a home win uh, against Monero. Uh, Monero slumped to three straight defeats. Uh, they're sitting bottom of the uh, MPL1 competition table. Um, and Matt, we talked about prior about some great goals that were scored uh, in the in the MPL1. Uh, we mentioned uh, Timotheo uh, prior, but I mean, there was a fantastic uh, goal scored by uh, Mikkel there in the second yeah. half. Uh, the left foot strike from outside the area, uh, finding its way to the top corner. Um, I, I was looking at that thinking what a wonderful strike that was just to get it on his left side and and really let rip uh, to to find the back of the net. So that was a another fantastic goal that we've seen in the MPL uh, one. Uh, competition. So, uh, I mean, they're just continuing to make strides, this Belcon United team. They've started the season well uh, and they've picked up some great results and that's only going to stead them well uh, for the rest of the season as they look to obviously uh, continue uh, the foundation of what they've produced so far in these first uh, three games, which is they're playing with a lot of confidence. They've got some great young players mixed with uh, some great veterans uh, and they're just going to look to uh, continue that. Whereas on the other side, there's a bit of concern now around uh, Monero and, and the form that they've uh, displayed. You know, they're the other side in, in the MPL one uh, with no points next to their name. Uh, obviously, this is going to raise 
uh, some question marks uh, and, so, and some concerns. It certainly doesn't get any easier for them as well uh, when they play Canberra Croatia uh, next week. And you can be rest assured that Canberra Croatia is going to want to bounce back uh, big time after uh, losing at home to uh, West uh, Canberra, like we just discussed earlier. Uh, so it's a bit of worrying times uh, for Monero. Uh, Russ, would you agree with that? Is it too early uh, to be worrying? Or I, I only just say that because obviously they've got no points uh, to start uh, the season and their fixture list doesn't get any easier, uh, like I mentioned, when they've got uh, Canberra-Croatia uh, next up in their fourth game of the year. So is, is it sort of valid to sort of raise these concerns or have they still, they've obviously obviously still got uh, time to uh, turn this around as well. Yeah, look, it's a valid point you make. I mean, you don't want to be Norton three and with zero points at the bottom of the table. However, they'll look at it that there's three rounds in, they're six points off the top four. So they're not really out of it because everybody keeps beating everybody else. And I think um, as long as those results continue to happen, they'll call themselves back into it because I think they're too good not to. Their squad's too good. On the weekend, um, they were punished for some lax defending by two absolutely cracking goals from Luca McCaw and Leon Mickle. And the second one in particular, as you mentioned, was outstanding. Um, but Luca McCaw's goal was great as well. But they would be a bit disappointed with the way, again, their only goals come from the penalty spot. That's the second time. Um, they haven't scored a goal from open play since half an hour in, in round one which is a fair amount of time for a, for a team of that quality. Yeah, they were missing players as well. Stephen Dominici, Tim Bobolas, Jeremy Abitamon suspended. So they were missing players as well, as were, as were Bell Connor. They were missing a few through injury too. So um, would they be worried? Uh, yeah, I think they would be a little bit worried. Would they be overly concerned that it's um, going to get worse? I don't think so. But it does put an awful lot of pressure on their FFA Cup match midweek now against Wagga City Wanderers. It's important that they come out there and get a result and play well heading into the game against Canberra, Croatia. Um, fortunately, they might get Canberra, Croatia at a bad time, but I wouldn't put it past them getting a result against Canberra, Croatia at the Riverside on the weekend. They're just that kind of football team. But it starts this Wednesday, and they've got to get a result against Wagga. If they lose that um, against a team that's bottom of NPL 2 that hasn't scored a goal themselves in three matches, um, as unlikely as it would be, if they came out of the back of that with a defeat you'd have to worry for them ahead of the weekend. But if they can get a good result under their belts, you'd think, well, take that momentum into the weekend's game against Canberra Croatia, anything can happen. Look, we could be sat here next week talking about them having beaten the champions um, and closed the gap to, to Croatia to three, to three points. And that's Most, nothing in a 21-round season. Most definitely. Uh, Matt, do you have any, um, any, any aspects of this, of this match uh, that, that, that you would like to uh, discuss? I mean, we've uh, talked about some key... Uh, points uh, that uh, transpired. Obviously, they're in a bit of um, a little bit of a concerning spot. But like Russ mentioned, uh, there's there's still plenty of games to play, and they can turn it around quickly. And that starts with the FFA Cup uh, encounter. Uh, so, what are your thoughts and, and feelings in regards to um, Monero and on, on the other side of that, uh, Bel Conan, who have had a, had a had a good start as well? Yeah, Russ mentioned the lax defending there. I thought Bel if you like when you watch both those goals, they're just very quick counterattacks. Immediately, straight away, they're attacking, using all that pace and that youth that they've got through the McCaws, through Flores, through Piccolo, through the likes of these players. And that Mikkel goal, I'll say it as well, absolutely fantastic and great run as well to create that one. And they were very quick counterattacks. And it looks like a lot of teams are starting to do this or have done this. I shouldn't say starting. It hasn't been that many games. But in the last couple of games, have done this too 
Monaro, I, I, I do think it's, it will be concerning if considering if, if they do lose to Canberra Croatia, that's, you know, four in a row and then everyone's, you know, naturally going to start asking questions. But then I think, let's just say if they don't do well against um, Canberra Croatia, then you've got Gungahlin after that. And we've seen 50-50 from Gungahlin. We've seen very good performances like we saw in the second half against Olympic, like we'll mention very soon. But yeah, if they go, you know, like if you're if you go four and zero, and then you're heading into that match against Gungalan, and it could be the possibility five, then I think that's when everyone might just start dropping their heads. So I think for Monaro against Canberra Croatia, like we're going to mention very soon, they need to get on the board early and not put themselves in a position where they need to sort of fight back because the last two matches they haven't been able to fight back um, completely from uh, from being down. So, yeah. What I mean by lax defending when I'm talking about the two mm. goals, I'm not talking about the quality of the strikes, which are yeah. outstanding, and the quality of the individual ability. What I'm talking about is when you lose the ball in that kind of area, the effort that your players put in to get back and make it more difficult for those players to, to get those strikes away is, is quite telling. Um, and, and I think Frank would have been disappointed with the reaction to his, his um, outfield players when they coughed up that ball to be able to get back. I mean, again, take nothing away from the strikes, two outstanding goals. I take nothing away from Bell Conan, who uh, are playing some good football at the moment. Um, Fab's got them, those team, that team playing really well. They've got some points on the board too. And another contender as well. And Michael, before you mentioned the next one, I should also say for Bell Conan, it's a good bounce back victory as well after losing 3-0 to uh, Canberra Olympic last week. So Michael, what is the next and last matchup for MPL 1 round 3? Yep, so we had uh, Canberra Olympic uh, play host to Gungahlin United in another great uh, encounter for MPL 1 football. It ended in a 2-2 draw. Olympics scorers were uh, James with a double uh, and for Gungahlin, uh, John and Bernabo Madrid scoring uh, two goals there uh, in the space of three minutes. Uh, so Gungahlin United coming back from 2-0 down to get a share of the spoils. Obviously, they did well to fight back, uh, to leave uh, with at least a point. Uh, Matt, how did this one uh, play out? Because we've talked about how great Olympic uh, have proven to be so far this season with the performances that they've uh, put in. Um, they'll be a little bit disappointed, obviously, being 2-0 up and, and wanting to see that one out to get the three points. Uh, but credit must also go to Gungahlin United for the way that they bounce back. Yeah, 100%. I thought uh, Olympics started the better of the two sides. Not only did they score early, but they looked pretty comfortable in the way they were playing. Uh, and I'm sure Russell mentioned soon, but there was a penalty that they missed with the Heggie in the first half. And Russ mentioned on commentary that they might come back to bite them in terms of, you know, Gungahlin and they're making a comeback. And it turns out it did, but we can only say that in hindsight, of course. We can't say that completely at the time, which is also what we said on commentary. But in, 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 in general... Yeah, Olympia looked very comfortable until Gungalan came out in that second half. Near the end of the second first half, we saw Gungalan starting to string uh, string passes in the final third. But every time before that, that they got in the final third, either the ball was too far, like there was too much, uh, to, the ball was too heavy, whether it was uh, trying to ball to a feet or a cross, or it just didn't work out for them. But the second half, we saw a very uh, after that after that penalty goal from Olympic. We saw a very different Gungahlin United. This is probably the Gungahlin United that uh, everyone's used to over the last couple of years. And I'm sure um, Marcel would have had some choice words for the team at halftime because they came out a very, very different team and they looked very impressive. And once they got started, 
you, you thought it was going to be more than, you know, more than what they ended up scoring. Ethan Stamatis did very well to um, straight after that strike, uh, get his team back into it with a, um, a shot at Christus. And then John put through the scraps at the end um, uh, in a very good position. And then Bernardo Madrid also scoring. But yeah, for Gagal, we saw a very different side in that second half. And if they can start games like that, like I'm sure that like they did against West Canberra Wanderers, but if they can start it, games like that um, most of the season, I think they, they'll find themselves at the top, around the top, you know, of the uh, the top four, uh, like we've seen in the previous few years. But yeah, for them, uh, it's about sort of finding that balance and um, starting matches like they started the second half. Russ? Yeah, for 53 minutes, it felt very much like I was watching a replay of the Canberra Olympic Belconnen match. Yeah. Um, Olympic slowed their luck a little bit in the first half. Christus made a couple of good saves from Miska Namoski. Um, to keep the, the to keep them in front after Alan James had scored, um, Isetra Egi on his 100th appearance in the NPL missed a penalty to make it two 0 which would have um, given them that cushion. Um, uh, crucially, though, when they did get the second penalty and James scored again, that's three and two for him. Now he missed the game against Belcon and he was unavailable, but he's been a great acquisition yep. for them and good find for them in the middle of the park. The key the key moment in the game was um, Gungalan scoring straight away. Um, they scored within about 30 or 35 seconds of going 2-0 down with, you mentioned, Michael John's goal. And that was key. Um, Felipe Bernabo Madrid's equaliser um, after that really hurt Olympic and Gungalan finished a stronger and perhaps could have won it. Bernabo Madrid hit the bar. Moses Garang put one over the top of the crossbar when he was well-placed as well. Hindsight, we mentioned, um, is a wonderful thing. Um, again, you look at that three minutes of football, Canberra Olympic were 2-0 up. They were on nine points. They were top of the table, three from three. They were pegged back. They got a point out of it, which is a good point in the end. I think they would probably have been happy with the point from the start. However, will they look back at that moment, those three minutes um, in five or six weeks' time and go, the momentum's been lost a bit? Um, it's really how they recover now and how they react to that. To their credit, they didn't crumble and they, they got a point out of the game, but there are a lot of young boys. Um, Robbie and Alex Castro have got them really well drilled um, and it will be their reaction to a disappointing game for them having had that points in the bag. For Gungalan, um, as you said, Marcel Munoz would have been frustrated in the first half. They played some good football. There was lack of penetration, though, really in the final third. Uh, when they've got the quality of the three players they've got up front in the Mosque, Bernabo Madrid and John, you'd expect a bit more. Um, again, they're a work in progress. There's, they've lost Jack Green for the season, um, we think. Uh, he's fractured and displaced his tibula. Uh, looks quite bad from his point of view, carried off against the Tigers. Um, and Buddy Abbas was suspended as well. So he'll come back in. But the loss of Green is big. Um, now they need their big, bigger players, their more experienced players like Bernard Brené, who's come in. He's closing in on 100 appearances himself. It's important now that he stands up and, and where they go from here will depend on you know their season. It could be defining... Those three minutes, though, huge for both clubs. Most definitely. I think uh, just before we get into uh, predictions, uh, that sort of absence of real veteran leadership uh, will play a massive factor in Gungahlin's season. But like you mentioned, there are replacements there uh, that can come in for the place of uh, Jack Green, and hopefully they're able to do a good job uh, to sort of steer the ship uh, as they look to push, obviously, for the top four. Uh, and... Uh, well, yeah, just mainly uh, the top four in the title. Sorry, uh, that, that's what I was trying to get at. Um, but let's get into the round four predictions, Matt. Obviously, I'm looking. 
Before we do, let's just um, yes. give a shout out to Jack if he's listening yep. or watching yep. and uh, wish him all the best in his recovery. Not only is he one of the best footballers in Canberra, really nice bloke as well. Um, I have hit him up already to see if he might join us in commentary at some stage a bit later on when he starts to recover. So um, we may hear a bit more from Jack, but you know, all the best in the recovery. Fantastic. Hopefully he takes upon that uh, opportunity. It'd be good to have him uh, behind the mic because like you said, he's a, he's a great guy and he's, he's a great footballer as well. Very knowledgeable. Uh, let's get into it, Matt. Uh, like I said, I need to improve upon uh, the perfect zero that I that I scored <laughs> in round three. Uh, we've got obviously. It's going to be got... too hard to improve, is it? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, who knows? Might end up with zero again, but I don't think my. I, I think I'll be a, a bit more uh, luckier this time around. Uh, we've got West Canberra Wanderers up against Canberra Olympic at Melrose Synthetic uh, Saturday, May first at uh, that lunchtime kickoff at around twelve forty-five. Uh, PM. I'm just looking actually at the list, uh, the fixture list here. It's actually a pretty tough round. <laughs> again, it's actually the, the, they're all tough. I think this is going to be tricky for you guys again, which is why yeah. I don't do predictions. <laughs> uh, <laughs> you guys do it. <laughs> I think I'm going to go. I'm actually going to go for a West Canberra Wanderers win. Uh, I think the confidence that, that they would have uh, gained from that um, result beating uh, the defending champions in uh, Canberra, uh, Croatia, uh, has done them the world of good. It'll help them uh, develop uh, and play even uh, better uh, going forward into the season. I think it's a great result uh, for them. I mentioned that they've played really well uh, away from home, uh, but obviously they lost to Gungahl and United to start uh, this campaign, but they'll be looking to rectify that and get their first uh, home win. Uh, of the season so i'm going to go for a west canberra wanderers win on the back of that um that performance that they showcased albeit that canberra croatia were um were short uh, in terms of the of their uh, main players that were absent from that encounter but i think this team's got a lot of confidence at the moment and um i expect them to carry that over into uh the game against uh, canberra olympic it'll be a very uh, close uh encounter but i'm going to go for a, a, a wanderers win yeah, I'm going. I'm going to go for a draw uh, because West Canberra is, like you mentioned, the confidence and just the way they're playing at the moment is very positive for them. But it's not like Olympic haven't been playing similar to that. Uh, we mentioned the first half how comfortable they were against Gungahlin and how much they controlled their portion of the game. I think I don't think there's a lot um, separating both the confidence of these sides at the moment. Both very young sides as well. So I'm going to go for a draw in this one. Any uh, comments on the match? I'll tell you what, if West Canberra win, you wouldn't be surprised. If Olympic win, you wouldn't be surprised. If it is yep. a draw, you wouldn't be surprised. <laughs> I mean, it, it's got all the hallmarks of being a really good football match, to be honest, between two sides that are uh, really in form. Um, and it should be a good watch. Uh, the synthetic will mean it'll the ball will fizz about a bit. There's two young sides as well, so they'll put a lot of effort and um, determination into it. And yeah, it's going to be a cracker. It'll be a good way to start the weekend. Absolutely. Moving on to the uh, next encounter, it's Belcon United at home to Tigers FC. Uh, also Saturday, May 1st, 3pm at McKellar Park. Another very, very tough game to pick. I'm going to go for... I'm going to go for a Belcon United win at home. Uh, I think, uh, like I mentioned, uh, they, they have had uh, a good start to the season. They've put in some great uh, performances um, it'll obviously be a tricky prospect given the fact that uh, Tigers are, are a quality side, even though they gave up that two-goal lead against Tuggeron United. They'll be eager to get back and rectify that by getting three points. Uh, 
uh, against uh, Belcon United. But I think uh, the fact that the Belcon will be at home again uh, in front of the McKellar Park crowd uh, will do them a world of good. It'll be another close game, uh, but I expect them uh, to to pip it. Uh, so I'm going to go for Belcon United. What about yourself, Matt? Yeah, I'm going to go for. I'm going to go for a Tigers victory. Like you said, at this point, it's a matter of throwing a dart at a dartboard at this point in time. That's how much there is separating a lot of the sides at the moment. But yep. Tigers, I think they're going to be very, they would have been quite disappointed with, you know, conceding a penalty in the last, you know, couple of minutes of that matchup when they seemed like they were pretty much going to take the three points home. So I think they're going to be raring to go. And they did have a little bit of, a little bit of an extra break in that regard, considering they played on Thursday. That always comes into it as well. I'm going to go with the Tigers victory, but don't be surprised of, of anything like we've got going forward. But I think there might be a, quite a few goals in this matchup. For me, if Tigers score early, though, I want to see what, what is going to be Belcon's response. Because we saw against Canberra Olympic, once they scored, Belcon United... Uh, just couldn't get back into the game despite how many numbers they threw forward. So if Tigers score early, which they have in the last couple of games, uh, I'm, I'm intrigued to see how Belcon United respond. Russ, any D- Ditto what I said yeah. to the previous game. I mean, all three results would be a, wouldn't be a surprise. Um, what it is, um, what that does have, happen between these two terms is there's generally not a lot between them in terms of the final result. So if there is a winner, um, I wouldn't be surprised if the odd goal in, in say, three or five or something like that. Um, because you just can't pick it between the two. There's goals at both ends. They defend quite well. It's going to be another good game. And, you know, they're, they're really well spaced out, these matches on the weekend, so you can actually tune in and watch all three. Absolutely. Uh, you've got the times there of 12.45, 3pm and 5.30, so that's basically your Saturday night sorted, or your Saturday afternoon slash night. So um, plenty of uh, MPL1 action uh, on Saturday. And... That brings us to our third and final game on the Saturday, May 1st, 5.30 at Riverside Stadium. We've got Monero Panthers up against Canberra, Croatia. Uh, we talked about how big of a game this is going to be for Monero on the back of their FFA uh, Cup encounter. Um, I'm going to go for a Canberra-Croatia win. Um, I think, obviously, uh, they're going to have those uh, players back. I think they had around, what, six players that were absent from that um, West Canberra Wanderers encounter that they lost, uh, but to have those players uh, back in the squad uh, this weekend against uh, Monero Panthers, uh, when when Canberra Croatia is at full strength, they're the best side uh, in in the competition. Um, but they'll be playing against a very resilient Monero uh, Panthers team who are desperate to get uh, their season up and running. So uh, and again, it's going to be another very uh, close game to call. Uh, but I'm edging towards uh, a Canberra-Croatia win uh, at Riverside Stadium. What about yourself, Matt? All right, I'm, I'm going for a Canberra-Croatia victory here, mostly because, <clears throat> like you mentioned, all the players are back. But for me, when when you saw sort of the uh, Monaro's response to those counter-attacks, and let's not forget how much pace Canberra-Croatia have in their attacks as well. I just I just don't think the defence will be able to handle Croatia at a... At that sort of at that sort of uh, level, especially considering they did lose and they're going to be raring to go. But in saying that, though, if Monaro score early, they could put themselves in a different position. I think if they score early against Croatia, it'll be different to when they scored early against Olympic. They're not going to they're not going to take it for granted, um, and they're going to uh, push for another goal. So yeah, I'm going to go for a Croatia victory. But it's going to be interesting. But like I said, this is a must win for Monaro, in my opinion. 
Uh, and um, before we head into the next one, Michael, I will uh, I'll introduce that one only because Russ just told me a change of uh, times and venues for that last one. But any comments on Canberra Croatia, uh, Russ and Manara? It's our match of the round on um, Bar TV Sports. I'll be joined by Andy Bennell, in fact, for that one for um, from 5.30 at the Riverside Stadium, uh, which will be an absolute corker. We mentioned the fact that um, Monero have a midweek FFA Cup game, but so do Canberra Croatia. They play Belconnen United at Deakin Stadium, and that one has a potential to go all the way. So depending on how the teams recover, are going to have a huge impact on this game as well. Looking at it on paper, you'd expect the Panthers to be um, more rested in terms of the fact that they shouldn't be pushed as hard as um, by Wagga City as Canberra Croatia would be by, by, by Belconnen. However, we just don't know. Um, you know, untimely injury there, here or there, extra time, who knows? Uh, so that's going to have an effect on the game as well. But uh, I'm really looking forward to that one. I think that's going to be a really good end to Saturday night and there's going to be um, a plenty of goals, I think. I'm really looking forward to that matchup. So next up, we have Tuggeran United and Garland United. Tuesday, 4th of May, to be confirmed. This is, of course, because Tuggeran United are going to be travelling in the FFA Cup to Griffith on Friday night. And Russ will be making the trip as well, which he'll mention shortly. Um, yeah, before I knew about that... I was thinking how are Tyrone going to sort of cope coming, probably coming back on Saturday. And then if they're pushed, there's only not a lot of time for rest when you think about it, considering the long trip. But since the match will be pushed back now, I'm, I'm, I'm going to go for a draw. Gangala looked very good, but we, but we have seen the fighting resilience from Tuggeran United. And when we've seen when Tuggeran United start to pick up a point or a win, they start to find themselves in a different sort of position. But if Gangala can come out on the front foot, it's a very different team, but Gagalan's um, situation has been they need to try and play like that for uh, closer to 90 minutes. I'm going to go for a draw here. I don't. Yeah, it's going to be a very, very interesting matchup, but it's going to be interesting to see. But any, any, any sort of situation can be on the cards. So we'll see how this one goes. Michael, you? Yeah, I'm going to go for a Gungalan United uh, away win there. Um, I know that we touched on uh, the absence of you know, Jack Green and potentially being out for the rest of the season. Um, and obviously that's going to impact Gungahlin United, but they do have the players that can, you know, step up and, and do a job to the best of their ability uh, to make up, to fill that void in a way. Uh, they definitely have the quality uh, going forward. Um, whilst they maybe haven't put it together for a whole 90 minutes yet, uh, they definitely have the players and the squad to be able to do that over a period of time. And I think that they're just sort of in the, in the phase at the moment where they're still looking to piece it uh, together, find their best uh, starting 11 uh, that will help them just, um, you know, collect three points after three points after three points. So uh, I think that can start uh, this weekend um, when they play, or when they play uh, Tuggeranong United. Uh, so I expect an, an away win there for them. Yeah, the game to be confirmed. Um, that was our Sunday afternoon offering in the NPL, so we'll be covering that if it, I'm told it's going to be Tuesday uh, venue to be confirmed at the moment. I'm going to make you feel very happy about your prediction right now, uh, Michael, because Gungahlin United in the history of the, of the NPL have never, ever won an away match against Tuggerong United, believe it or not. Every oh, match they've played since they've come in the competition away to Tuggerong, they've lost. Um, conversely, uh, they've won every home one. <laughs> I think. Yeah. So, so uh, yeah, they've never. If they are to win um, away at Tuggeranong on the weekend, they'll create a little bit of history in the process as well. So, um, fingers crossed for you on that one. <laughs> hey, uh, what, what, what can I say? History is there to be broken. 
Now on to uh, MPLW. Our first game uh, over the weekend uh, course of action uh, was Canberra Olympic at home to Belconnen United. Belconnen United proved to be too strong, too good uh, for, for the Olympic outfit, winning uh, 5-0 uh, goals for Jolotja, uh, uh, Backhouse uh, with a double, and Ryan uh, as well as uh, Thornton in the 84th minute. So another convincing performance uh, by Belconnen United who look um, tremendous so far uh, this this season, Matt. Uh, how, how did you see this uh, uh, contest playing out? Look, I thought Belconnen were really, really good, especially in the first half. Uh, so, but if I've also been told, like I've, I've seen the match back, but I've told for, by people who have been, um, who watched that game live at a nice 10.30 early in the morning at kickoff, um, that the, the score line was a bit harsh for uh, Canberra Olympic. Uh, is what I was told. That was mostly due to their second half performance. But I think what Belconnen do really well is they they start the game absolutely out, out. They're out of the gates immediately, out of the gates, and they try and end the game as quick as they can. Which uh, so eventually in the second half, if a team does sort of come back, it, the game's mostly you know d- uh, dead and buried by that point. Um, yeah, and, and except this one, yeah, so this one, they're already 3-0 up. Uh, well, well, you can always have a, by halftime, you can always, you know, but you can always come back from 3-0 down, but usually, but the last couple of weeks, Olympic have been, sorry, uh, like last week, for example, Belco were already up 5-0 or 5-1 at halftime. So they're, they're, what they're trying to do is kill the game early as quick as they can in that regard. But there were some positive moments for Olympic. Um, they did create some good chances. But I think for Olympic, like we mentioned last week, it's still all about just getting the all the elements together, Michael. I know uh, Heather Garrick, I think, played a little bit as well, which is, uh, we all know, uh, Heather Garrick and, what, and her um, time as a player and also coaching Canberra United. And they've also signed, I believe, Tiana Miro from Gungahlin United. So, and let's not forget, they've, they've got Brand Vanderbrook, they've got DeAndrade, and these are all new players to the team as well. Ashley Sykes came back. Um, yeah, and they've, they've just got a, a lot of new players and a lot of quality. So for me, it's all about just get, mixing in at the right moment and eventually it's going to click for Canberra Olympic. Unfortunately for them, they're playing Canberra Croatia this weekend, but it is a derby, so I'm sure they'll be up for it. But eventually it will click. And when they do start to click, I think we're going to see very, very positive things from Canberra Olympic. Um, do you have any thoughts on this one, Michael, before we move on? Yeah, I think before we move on, I think it'd be good just to mention um, a good quote from uh, Jeremy uh, in his commentary um, in his MPLW rap um, this week on this matchup in particular. So uh, what he said was, um, and I quote, the 5-0 uh, scoreline, although looking harsh, reflected well uh, on Belconnen's ability to make the most of their opponent's uh, hesitation as well as their serious step up defensively. Uh, with a first clean sheet of the season for Esposito. Uh, yeah. So very positive uh, signs for uh, Belconnen uh, United, Sorry, uh, like I mentioned at the top. Um, a great showing. Uh, that's the sort of performance that you want to be putting in uh, away from home. So um, kudos to them. Um, like I said, they've um, had a great start uh, to, to the season and I think that's only uh, going to set uh, to continue. Yeah, I forgot to mention the clean sheet. That's very positive. And I've seen Mikey mention sort of even in interviews that he still wants to keep a clean sheet. He's still not happy when they only concede one goal. Uh, so good on them to keep a clean sheet. And uh, it's also a good reflection of how well Esposito has 
turned in as goalkeeper there at Canberra, uh, sorry, at uh, Belconnen United. Mm. And we move on to the next team, Michael. We have Canberra United Academy, who defeated West Canberra Wanderers 2-1. Hunt and Perry with the goals for CUA. And Letton with a, with the goal for West Canberra Wanderers. Uh, good bounce back uh, victory for United after that um, heavy loss to Belconnen last week. Michael, how did this one play out? Yeah, I think it was uh, great sort of resilience shown from Canberra United Academy to come back after that devastating loss. They underwent uh, at the hands of Belconnen United last weekend, uh, especially to be uh, one nil down in this encounter as well. Um, it really called on their ability to uh, put that behind them uh, to come back to try and get a victory in which they ultimately did uh, with goals from Hunt and Perry, like you mentioned. So it's a great result uh, for them in, in the context that they had a bad defeat last week and they've come back and got the three points uh, this time around. So it's a fantastic result uh, for them. Their dominance of possession early, um, you know, reaped uh, rewards uh, with, a, with a brilliant ball over the top uh, from Zachman to Anna Hunt, uh, who used fantastic technique to position herself uh, to uh, get the first goal. Uh, West Canberra Wanderers uh, have yet to find their first points uh, of the campaign. Uh, with the return of Tiana Jaber uh, in defence, they looked more solid at the back. So that's always a positive sign going forward, uh, even though there is the negative sort of surrounding the team at the moment with no points uh, from their games played so far. But I think to have personalities come back into the team that are going to make them more solid and stronger uh, will build the foundation for them to get better as the season goes on. So that's a positive sign, at least uh, for the visiting team. They did show what they can do when everything uh, clicks for them, uh, their, their break uh, on the on the quarter on the counter, sorry, caught out uh, the academy, and uh, that's where Ledin was able to uh, exploit and get the first goal of the game. So um, I think it was good resilience shown by Canberra United Academy to come back and win this game, which I think they needed to after that big defeat last week. It's always important to come back and essentially put in a put in a strong performance uh, to make up uh, for the fact that you didn't have a great result. Last week, it's always important that you come back out and sort of prove those doubters wrong um, and, and come back to, to win uh, the, the game in, in the way that they did as well to go behind and, and to come back and win. So it's a great result for Canberra United Academy. And even though West Canberra Wanderers don't walk away with anything uh, from this game, like I mentioned, there's foundations for them to now build on uh, for the remaining games uh, of the season. And it gives them a bit of time uh, to formulate around those players uh, so that they they can eventually build a bit of form. Yeah, and I, when I saw the goals as well, like Letton's goal, it sort of looked like a bit of a sneaky chip. But <laughs> in saying that, though, um, Jeremy mentioned it as a as a cross slash, a cross slash shot. Um, but you know, whenever those work out, they sort of work out the best because they're the ones that the the goalies yeah. aren't really anticipating in that regard. And yeah. also, shout out to Anna Hunt and her goal. I thought that was. Uh, it was a terrific ball over the top from Zarkman, and I, and I really thought that was great um, precision and great um, control. Uh, and the way she turned around that defender was really, really well done from her. But CUA, like you said, this is very important for them to bounce back after last week. And West Canberra Wanderers, like you said, still waiting for those last few points, but uh, sorry, still waiting to get their first few mm. points. But uh, eventually, we'll all click for them. Uh, like you said, Tiana Jaber. Um, really good signing there at defense. And once everyone starts clicking, remember they got a lot of new players as well. So once they start clicking, 
I'm sure it will improve for West Canberra Wanderers. All right, Michael, what is our next matchup? So our next matchup, our third matchup uh, over the week, uh, weekend for MPLW is Togrong United at home to Canberra Croatia. Canberra Croatia proved far too strong. Another uh, dominant display by an away team in the MPLW this uh, past weekend with uh, Canberra Croatia winning 6-0. Uh, goal scorers uh, for the visitors were uh, Fogarty, uh, Gill, uh, Jones with a double, Bissett and Juna in the uh, 92nd minute. Uh, so we had four goals there after the uh, 80th, 80th minute mark. So I guess we can take a lot of, we can take a lot of positives out of that performance for Tuggeranong United to put up the display that they did for that first 80 minutes or so before it eventually got away uh, for them. So whether that was due to um, fatigue or uh, mentality, I mean, they showed a great, uh, great courage and, and display to stay um, in contention with a side of the quality that Canberra, uh, Canberra Croatia possesses. So I think they can take a lot of positives out of that game. Uh, Matt, how, how did you see this one play out? Obviously a big win for Canberra Croatia, but there's got to be some positive signs there for Togrenong who, um, you know, they were in that game right up until the 80th minute mark. Look, yeah, it was always, they always knew this game was going to be difficult for them and uh, Stan Mitchell essentially set them up. So they're going to be hard. To, so that would be hard to break down because as we all know, when you give all those um, players at Canberra Croatia, even a little bit of space, they're immediately going to punish you. So, and look, and look, uh, they, they did, Canberra Croatia had more chances than just the two goals they scored in the first half. But you could really tell that they really, uh, uh, United, everyone worked for each other. They really set up and they set themselves up perfectly um, to at least defend. Now, maybe they didn't get as many chances they would have liked on goal. But at the end of the day, Tavarong just would have just come into this match thinking, all right, we just need a positive performance here. And at the end of the day, four out of those six goals were scored in the last 10 minutes. So... They showed a real, like you said, a real courage, a real determination, a resilient defensive performance from Tuggeranong. In the end, it wasn't meant to be, but there's no shame in losing in Canberra, Croatia 6-0. They're, they're the reigning champions for a reason. Um, it was good to see Bella Baric get a start as well uh, today. Uh, Grace Gill starting again. She scored a, she scored a, a good goal. Chantel Jones again, with, uh, but this time she scored two goals as well. She's uh, really been proving to be uh, a good signing for the club. Fogarty, you mentioned her. Uh, once again, she was a new signing this season. And Juna also scored her first MPLW senior goal, I believe, with that goal in the last uh, dying minutes of the match. So for Canberra Croatia, I heard uh, Jeremy and Russ mention on commentary as well that it is important for teams like Canberra Croatia and Gungahlin United to sort of get the goal difference up because considering how close it is this season between the, especially the top three sides, it might come down to goal difference. So I think this is, uh, so I thought that was pretty important. And as you're going to mention, as you're going to mention with the uh, Gangalan match, uh, they're also scoring more goals as well this season. So, so I think it's important for these teams to sort of convert their chances, get as many as they can, because if it comes down to goal difference, uh, that could be the difference between the minor premiership, but we'll wait and see next week with some of the uh, big matchups we have, which we'll discuss very soon. But yeah, and Tuggeranong is still yet to yet to uh, announce the MPLW coach. Hopefully for them, that'll be announced soon within the next couple of weeks. All right, um, Michael, next matchup, Wagga City Wanderers, Gungahlin United, 
Very, very impressive performance from Glendale United 4-0. Jade Brown, Stella DeMarco with two goals and Pennyfield with the other goal. If you're watching a bar TV, you might have uh, you might have seen, you might have thought the Wagga were winning if uh, you didn't know any mm-hmm. of the players on the pitch because they had Wagga yeah. winning when it went up. So, uh, so it, was, uh, it wasn't the best day at the office for them. But uh, regardless, that was Gungahlin United that were winning that matchup. And it was just a good away performance, wasn't it, Michael? Yeah, most definitely. I think just to touch on what you mentioned there about, so there was a bit of a, a what, like a glitch in the bar TV sort of sport. Yeah. So, uh, sorry, scorecard uh, or uh, scoreboard area uh, of the bar TV uh, coverage. So whenever Gungal and United were scoring, it was, it was actually coming up as Wagga scoring the goal. Yeah, and even the highlights, unfortunately, for that match, every single highlight you looked at, even the ones on bar TV goals, because it's an automatic thing, it just came, out, came up yes. with like... Um, Wagga City have scored. They might have edited it now, but at the time, so Wagga City have scored and then it would show Gungalan celebrating. It didn't even have the goals, so... Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. No, that's all right. Um, so like like you said, it was a very good away performance uh, from Gungalan United, obviously being in Wagga. Um, they looked very confident uh, and they have been uh, looking confident so far this season. Uh, they're probably in and around that, you know, three teams that are uh, competing uh, for the MPLW uh, title uh, this season. They've been uh, fantastic to start the year. Uh, so far, uh, they're scoring a lot more goals than they did uh, last season, which is a positive aspect, I think, to uh, raise uh, in eight games. Uh, last season, they scored 18 goals. Uh, and so far, uh, they've already scored 11 in just three games. So they're on course to obviously overtake that feat of you know um, 18 goals in eight league uh, games last year. So I'm sure... Um, Diego uh, will be very pleased uh, being the coach uh, with with that. Um, I'm sure he would have wanted his girls to play uh, a bit more uh, or develop more of a forward playing approach where they're creating more chances in order to score more goals. And I think that's paying dividends, obviously, by scoring 11 goals uh, in their first three games. So uh, that's great for Gungahlin. Uh, United, some uh, they scored some great goals as well, and and, and players, uh, especially uh, Erica Pennyfield's uh, strike. Uh, the Demarco sisters uh, once again were connecting, uh, which is which is always great uh, to see. Uh, which set up uh, Stella for a brilliant goal in, in that game as well. So uh, it's good to see that the sisters were linking up uh, yet again. Uh, they're uh, great players, so uh, it, I think in order for this team to do well um they have those sort of connections all over the pitch uh that make them a very tough side uh, to beat and they're able to develop sort of different connections on the field which make them a, a a great team and how they've developed over the years uh which we've talked about numerous times is really shining through uh, this could be a very uh very big season uh for going on united on the other side uh, of the equation you know it's a tough day at the office for uh Wagga city uh, Wanderers, uh, they, they attacked well with intent, uh, but Gungarland were just uh, too solid defensively for them on the day. Uh, so I think uh, Diego will obviously be very, very pleased with the four goals, but also the clean sheet that he was able to attain uh, as well. So they put in a very satisfying attacking performance and they were very solid at the back. So not too many complaints there for Gungarland uh, United, but um, for Wagga City Wanderers, it'll be a tough build to swallow. You never like... Uh, you know, copping a, a loss at home, but not even to score a goal at home as well, stings that a little bit more. 
Um, but it'll all be, be about how they bounce back uh, next week. So um, it'll be a tough challenge, uh, but I'm sure it'll be something that they'll um, look to rectify um, as normally any team does when, when they suffer a big loss uh, at, at home or even away. Uh, but it's always important that you want to uh, come back the next week stronger and, and put your best foot forward to uh, get the result that you actually want. Yeah, and for me, you mentioned how they've Gungahlin have scored quite a bit of goals this season and quite a lot compared to what they scored in eight games last season in three games. Not only have they created more chances, it's not like they never created chances. For me, it's just that Gungahlin, uh, they've just been a lot more efficient this season, which is great to see because that was probably one thing if you talk to Diego, if you yeah, talk to anyone about Gungahlin last season, that would probably be their one, the one issue. Like They're, they're just not as efficient. They were pretty strong defensively last season as well. So it's good to see they're still sticking with that uh, strong defense, uh, despite the um, despite not having Dissidou at the back anymore. Mm-hmm. But it was interesting to see today, like Stella played a little further up the field. Steffi Legions played a little further up the field as well. Erica Pennyfield played a little further back and her goal was uh, from outside the box once again. She, she knows how to score them from mm-hmm. outside the box. We've seen quite a few this week again. Some great outside yes. the field boxes. We'll mention a few more in MPL one as well. And so, and there was a great one as well at O'Connor. Uh, so yeah, I, I just think that's fantastic from Bengal and United. On to the MPLW predictions for this week. Michael, we're starting with Canberra Croatia, Canberra Olympic, Saturday, May 1st, 4:50 p.m. at Deakin Stadium. It's for Canberra Olympic, they're gonna be looking to have an improvement in terms of their performance compared to Belconnen United, even though they were well in part, they did still concede five goals. So for them, they're going to be looking this week, I'm sure to sort of shore up the defense where they can, but we all know that can be difficult against Canberra, Croatia. Uh, look, Canberra, Croatia just looked too good for me over the last couple of weeks, just, but it's, it's a derby. Olympic always show up for the derby, even if they're not the favorites. Uh, so I wouldn't be surprised if Canberra Olympic put in a good performance or could even snag a draw, but I'm going to say Canberra Croatia. What about you, Michael? Yeah, I'm going to go for a Canberra Croatia win uh, at home as well. I think just ultimately they'll be too strong for Canberra Olympic. It's a tough ask for Olympic to then play, you know, Belcon and United one week and then uh, the next Canberra Croatia, you're playing the two premier teams in the competition in back-to-back weeks, which is tough, but, like you said, I think they'll put in a resilient performance. They're a great side that have improved uh, over time. They might be able to snag a draw. You never know. But I think uh, just on the basis of how both teams have played so far this season uh, and Canberra Croatia obviously getting a big win at the week, and I expect them to continue that over. So Canberra Croatia win. All right. And next up, we've got West Canberra Wanderers, Wagga City Wanderers, Sunday, May 2nd, 12.45 at Melrose Synthetic. I'm going to go for a West Canberra Wanderers victory here. This is a very tough one to call. West Canberra Wanderers still yet to find their first points of the season, uh, but they did show some positive signs in the last, uh, in the first round and this most previous round. And yeah, Wagga City are going to be coming back from that defeat uh, to, uh, yep, to Gungahlin United. So for me, I'm going to go for West Canberra, but this one I think is going to be a close one. Michael? I think. This one could be a draw. I'm going to go for a draw in this game. Uh, I expect it to be a cagey affair. Not too much going to separate either side. Um, so, yeah, I, I think that this one's going to play out uh, to be a draw. I don't really see either team um, 
coming out uh, with the victory there. And like you mentioned, West Canberra Wanderers um, looking to seek victory. Um, I'm not sure if they'll do it uh, this week, but um, either side definitely has the ability to just pip it and win. Um, but I'm just going to go for a draw uh, on this one. All right. And the big one, Gungahlin United, Belconnen United, Sunday, May 2nd, 3 p.m. at Gungahlin in close. Look, I'm just going to sit on the fence for this one, not because that's the easy choice, but because both have just looked so good. Uh, both have looked pretty strong defensively, haven't really conceded much. Both have scored a lot. I know Belconnen have scored more. Uh, but uh, when it comes to the big games, Gungahlin proved last season that they've, they've matured as a team when they show up for these big games. And I know they played each other in preseason, but yeah, I'm going to go for a draw in this one. Uh, I think it'll be a very, very close affair. Uh, it could be, could be a lot of goals, could be, could be not a lot of goals. Uh, it's just one of those, you know, th- one of those matches that's turning into a really good rivalry in MPLW. And yeah, I don't think there's going to be a lot separating these sides, uh, Michael. Yeah, I agree with everything you said there. I think it's definitely going to be a tough game. Gungahlin United have matured so much over the years and they've got they've built a really great squad in comparison uh, with Belconnen United, who obviously have a fantastic team. I'm going to go for a Belconnen United win just on the fact that I know both teams have been playing really well this year, but the form of Belconnen United has been very scary at times and they look like unbeatable. So... I think on that basis and the confidence that they'll have um, and, and the amount of big games that they've, that they've played uh, over the years that have led to, you know, fantastic title uh, winning teams. I expect that to carry over in, in this tough encounter. Um, I don't expect them to blow Gungahlin United out the water. I think it'll be a great game to watch actually. Uh, but yeah, I'm going to go for a, a Belcon United away uh, victory. All right. And the final matchup, CUA versus Tuggeranong. A Sunday, May 2nd, 4.20 at Hawker Football Centre. A CUA looked pretty good against, against West Canberra. Good bounce back victory for them. Tugger on know how to keep their shape though. So I'm, I'm assuming they're going to do something similar because Canberra United like to keep the ball. They're usually pretty aggressive when they try to keep the ball. Uh, so Tugger on you and I are going to look uh, to keep their shape and use the likes of Zoe Terry and Gulliam in to push forward when they can. They will probably have more chances than they did against Canberra Croatia. I'm going to go for a CUA victory here. Um, Michael? Yeah, I'm going to go for a CUA home victory as well, Matt. I think Tuggeranong United will definitely look to set up similarly to how they did uh, against uh, Canberra Croatia, like we mentioned prior their approach to that game worked for, you know, around 80 minutes. They were into that game until they obviously conceded four in the last 10. So I think if they can develop a similar approach to really nullify and frustrate Canberra United Academy, they can look to hit them on the counter attack and they can potentially get a result um, from playing that way. I mean, to have the success that they did for a large portion of the game against Canberra Croatia, albeit they were down 2-0, but in context of, how Tuggeranong United have suffered this season and how they're trying to rebuild and come back. I think it was it's a great sign that they can use uh, to go forward. So I think, yeah, even though uh, they showed positive signs, I still expect Canberra United Academy to get the win, but I think we can expect uh, Tuggeranong United to keep building uh, on, on the performance that they just showed. And before we move on to MPL2, Jeremy's predictions were Croatia... Uh, with the Canberra Croatia, Wagga City Wanderers, Gungahlin, and CUA. And also, before we move on, I thought we'd uh, 
bring up the banterous part of the uh, the the show and the tips. And uh, bring up our tips from last week, Michael. Not a very mm. good week for us in MPL one. It's. I was going to say, did I, I did I did I get one right? No. Zero. Yeah, that's what I thought. I saw the results, um, like over the weekend. Like like, thinking, like Russ is going to tell us when he come uh, when we have him on for the MPL or MPL yeah. one. And, and two. I was thinking like very unpredictable. Yeah, I think I've got I think I've got zero this week, which has been Z- zero in MPL one. You have bet you fare a little better in MPLW. I'll tell you now. You got zero in MPL one. I only got one in MPL one. MPL one is becoming the hardest thing to predict. Yeah, uh, which is uh, always good for a good laugh. And <laughs> MPLW, Michael, you stepped up to the occasion and made up for your um, MPL one uh, sufferings. Show. You got four yeah. out of four. I got three out of four. Jeremy got two out of four. So the ladder for us in MPL one is me for you two. The yep. ladder for us in MPLW is me, 10, you, 9, Jeremy, 7. Yep. And MPL2, I got two credit this week. You got one. So we're back to being average again in MPL2. I've got eight and you have seven. But regardless, it's pretty close between everyone here. So, uh, well, as long as it's close. I mean, it didn't sound like it was obviously a great tipping week. But I think there have been a lot of, maybe not a lot of surprising uh, results, but there have certainly been... Um, some very close games that have been tough to separate, especially in MPL uh, 1. So, I mean, we'll obviously get into that uh, later as there so was uh, some surprising results uh, here and there. Um, obviously, that reflected in the um, shocking tipping week that I had. I mean, not even to get one is poor form by me, so I'll look to bounce back this week and maybe make some more logical picks uh, to build back up my you know, um, my, my leaderboard score. So um, we'll see what happens. We certainly will. We start with MPL2, the fans' favourite. Uh, it is safe to say the fans' favourite segment so far uh, this season. We start with Wagga City Wanderers going down to Ugali 5-0. Roddy with two goals. Roke with two goals. Donadell with a goal. Very good bounce-back victory for Ugali after they lost... The I believe a similar score. I think it was the same score to O'Connor Knights last week. 5-0, Michael. Uh, how did uh, this one play out? Yeah, like you touched on there, it's a great bounce back uh, result for you, Gali. Uh, picking up a 5-0 win away from home is always sweet. Uh, it's a big win for them, uh, getting some points uh, back on the board and some goals uh, in the back of the net uh, after their heavy defeat uh, last week to O'Connor, like you mentioned, Matt. It's very important uh, for the Griffith side to keep a clean sheet as well. Uh, after the first two rounds, it's exactly what um, the re- it's the sort of reaction that Luke Santolin would have uh, been looking from his side, uh, especially uh, in anticipation for uh, their clash with ANU this weekend. Wagga City Woggers unfortunately have yet to find a win so far this season, or find the back of the net either, which is uh, concerning. Uh, we were saying how this season is going to be difficult uh, for the reigning champions, considering the large amount of departures that they've uh, that they've suffered, um, and how they are trying to find their feet as a result of that. Next week they face, um, you know, a side that has not uh, been able to pick up points yet either in uh, Western Malongolo. So that will be a very very key matchup that we'll uh, delve into a bit later on. But I think uh, it's important to note uh, the fashion in which Ugali were able to uh, get this victory uh, away from home uh, so that they can continue to build on that uh, going forward. Uh, Russ, a, a great win uh, for, for Ugali, uh, wasn't 
Absolutely. I mean, I think Danny Roach will be happy that um, uh, Matt's called him Roque. He sounds like a Brazilian. <laughs> my, my apologies. <laughs> yeah, look, I mean, this game was done in 15 minutes, believe it or not. Um, well, Ugali came out of the blocks absolutely flying. They were four up inside inside the first 20 minutes or so of the game, and the game was dead as a contest after that. Um, Luke Santolin very wisely took off uh, his main men, uh, preparing them for the FFA Cup game this week after that, which is perhaps why they've eased off on the scoring a little bit. Uh, Mason Donadell's penalty rounding it off in the second half. But Kevin Roddy with a couple and Danny Roche with a couple. Uh, their main strikers, uh, they're in good goal-scoring form. Uh, it's a good recovery from the previous week where they got absolutely swamped. Um, I think it was by Knights, wasn't it? Um, yep. Yeah, yes. So they've, uh, and as we know, it's not too far from Ugali to Griffith. So they're a different outfit when they're, they're when they're at home, in inverted commas, on this occasion. Um, yeah, they big win, big win for them. Um, lots of goals. They're in good form heading into what is a massive night for them this Friday in the FFA Cup when they welcome Tuggerong United, expecting a big crowd at the Solomon Stadium for that one, their first home FFA Cup tie ever. Um, and we'll be there with Bar TV and uh, Tuggerong United, I can tell you, are probably going to be a little bit depleted for that one. So, Cup set could be on the cards. We'll have to wait and see. Matt, any, anything you want to add before we uh, move on uh, to the yeah. next uh, matchup? I mean, unless I... It is going to be a little bit tougher for... MPL, the MPL 2 match to be postponed, but they will be at home regardless. But let's not forget, after their match against Tottenham United, they are playing ANU, who currently sit top of the MPL. Ladder will mention that in a little bit, but I think that win is important for both matches that they're heading into this week. Because um, they last season, they, weren't, they only lost one match, I believe, before the finals last season, and it wasn't by a big scoreline. To get, um, yeah, uh, completely flattered by O'Connor, like that, this will do a lot better, you know, uh, for their momentum. More importantly, heading forward, especially since it was uh, quite a close game in terms of the score against Western Molonglo, um in that first round for Ugali. So I think it's very important for them to pick up a sort of win like this heading into two massive matches for them heading into this week. Wagga City Wanderers, we've mentioned it before. Unfortunately for them, they've still yet to score a goal this season in the regular campaign. They, of course, defeated Brind uh, the Brindies. So they'll be looking forward to the FFA Cup as well and hoping that they can pull another cup set. And yeah, so both sides so far haven't, uh, between them and Monaro, both haven't won uh, yet this season. Uh, so they'll both be looking at it from similar points of view from other sides of the uh, other sides of the fence, despite the difference between leagues. But yeah, um, Wagga City Wanderers were still gonna. It's still gonna take a while to see the best of them, only because of just the way the, they need. There's a lot of work that needs to go into replacing the amount of plays that their first starters that they've lost in that regard. All right, I'll tell you actually, Matt as well. Calvin Roddy played in the reserves in that game yeah. as well. Came started the first great game, scored two goals and an assist in the first 15 minutes, and by the 20 minute mark was sat in the stand eating a hot dog. <laughs> so it's not a bad afternoon's work, is it? <laughs> Cert certainly not. All right, Let's Michael, go. what is our next matchup? Uh, so we had Western Molonglo at home to uh, the Brindabella Blues. Uh, uh, the Brindies picking up a big win uh, away from home, winning 4-1. Uh, Western Molonglo's uh, Wreckford getting on the score sheet for the home side, whereas for the visitors, uh, Schaefer scoring a hat-trick uh, and Russo um, on the score sheet for the visiting team as well. Um, Matt, first win of the season for the Brindies. I just touched on how big of a win it is uh, for them and Zoran Glavinich's team um, going forward. Um, and Schaefer, he's proving to be a handful up front, isn't he? 
He certainly has a hat-trick today. He scored uh, three goals before this, uh, two in the first match, I believe, and one in the last round. Uh, they've looked very good. We've Russ has mentioned on commentary as well, whenever we've mentioned the scores during the matches, they've looked really good going forward the majority of this campaign. It's just sort of been about keeping it at the back, uh, keeping it together at the back. Even when I was talking to Zoran Glavinich preseason, he talked about how he really wants to improve defensively. But clearly they've improved attacking-wise compared to last season. That's without uh, without question. I mean, Schaefer, I believe he's the top scorer now in MPL2, if I'm not mistaken, uh, with this hat-trick. He's been on fire this season. And, yeah, so the Brindles would be happy to get one on the board, considering from all accounts, even last week against 5-2 five, five, against White Eagles, whenever they got chances, they still scored two goals. And then they still scored two goals against Queenbian as well. So uh, they'll be happy to to see that their attacking efforts has been rewarded with the win. Western Longlow, on the other hand, they did have, I, I was told they did create more chances than they did in their previous, or at least in their previous game against Queanbeyan City, which is a positive because they didn't, were they weren't able to create too many against uh, Queanbeyan City top side. I was very determined on that day. Uh, Ned Jeans will be looking to take the little positives that they've found from each game so far and try and culminate that result in a victory next week against Wagga City, who have yet, like we mentioned, yet to score a goal. Um, I think they're still missing uh, Lowy Elbushi, if I, sorry if I got that name wrong, but uh, I saw him in preseason the FFA Cup against Woden Valley. He looked very, very good. He's probably one of the more creative players um, from that center, that CAM role. I think when he comes back as well, that's going to be a very positive for them. Manda came back. He wasn't there against Queanbeyan City. Ned James is very high on him. So they'll be trying to take the positives from each game that they've played and put it together and try and get a victory this weekend. Uh, but yeah, in terms of their performance, I was told that it was not as harsh as the scoreline suggests in terms of Western Malongolo. Russ? We did Brenda Bellerin in an FFA Cup game, as you're well aware, and Cody Schaefer now has eight goals in four matches, um, including that FFA Cup game, which is a phenomenal achievement so far. But it, it, you can't teach pace. So one thing you can't teach, you've either got it or you haven't. And if you've got pace in, in MPL2, um, coming up against more experienced players who perhaps are, are a little bit older than... than uh, than you are, then you're going to cause some issues. Um, and Brenda Bell have got some lightning fast attackers. We saw it this season. And Curtis Schaefer is just having a field day at the moment. Um, if he can keep it up, they'll surprise some teams and, and score plenty of goals. But he's getting ably supported by his teammate, Zach Lawrence, as well. Hasn't got on the score sheet yet, but he's been um, probably in the best form I've seen Zach Lawrence in, in a long, long time. And, and it's a really good result for them, 4-1 away. Um, feel a bit for Western Malonglo. Um, they're, they're, it's almost a counter opposite to what they had last year yep. where they started really solidly defensively um, but um, were scoring and now it's the other way around they're <laughs> struggling to score and they are shifting shifting goals but they have got new players in and like you say some of their key key absentees will be back and um, they'll, they'll put this one down to one of those occasions where the opposition just took the chances that were given to them and credit to Zoran Glavinich and his team and if Kurdish ever keeps scoring um, they might keep upsetting teams and you never know where they might, might end up it's going to be interesting to see both teams moving forward. Michael, are we ready to move on to the next matchup? All right, Michael, you know a bit, a bit about this fixture in your uh, from when you used to play for White Eagles in State League. White Eagles got the big derby victory over O'Connor Knights 2-1. Al Nuwasir and McCarthy with the goals for White Eagles and McCarran with the goal for O'Connor Knights. Uh, White Eagles scoring uh, pretty late in this one to get the big victory, Michael. Yeah, indeed. I, it's it's a massive result in any derby to to get a win, and uh, that's what White Eagles did, um, especially away. 
uh, from home as well. It's a big result, um, even though it's only just, uh, you know, uh, three games into the uh, into the season. Um, you know, it, they came from behind uh, as well to defeat O'Connor, which makes the victory even that much sweeter. The result leaves White Eagles tied first uh, with ANU trailing them uh, on goal difference by one goal. So from all accounts, a very good performance from White Eagles uh, who came out, uh, you know, after, after conceding first, like I just mentioned, they came out and played with a lot of intensity and went out on the front foot to gain, um, you know, a decent strength hold on the game to the point where they scored uh, two unanswered goals to obviously win uh, the game. And uh, Steve Forshaw will be very happy with this result. And most importantly, it gives uh, them more momentum heading into another tough matchup against Queen Bin, uh City this weekend, uh, which we'll touch on. Uh, O'Connor uh, themselves will obviously be uh, disappointed to uh, lose at home, especially to White Eagles. Uh, you, you never like losing a, a derby game. I don't know if you... If you lads have played in a derby game before, but you definitely don't want to be losing. Uh, you don't want to be losing those sort of games uh, that they can sting a little bit. But um, it's important how much they uh, use this experience and uh, bounce back because we talk about how keen O'Connor is to really push and and make that MPL one promotion. So um, I'm sure there's going to be plenty more um, results. Uh, similar to this uh, over the course of the MPL uh, two season, uh, Russ, a, a great win uh, for for White Eagles and and your good friend uh, Steve Forshaw, um, a fantastic um, display. Um, you know, considering they're all away from home, and we talk about how strong O'Connor uh, have have certainly looked um, to start this season. Yeah, they've got a really good team, O'Connor Knights. I think anyone that goes to O'Connor and gets three points is going to be very, very happy. Um, Miro and Alex have got a good group of footballers there. And I think White Eagles um, will be extremely, extremely happy with three points. Ed McCarthy's goal coming a couple of minutes from the end of the match. And a good one too. Decent finish. And uh, um, McCarran and White O'Connor now scored in three successive games as well. So he's got his eye in. So it was everything you want a derby game to be. I've seen a fair bit of the footage and there were some crunching tackles that were going in, no quarter ass, but it wasn't nasty. It was just proper tackles and players picking each other up and, you know, getting on with it afterwards. The crowd were good there. There was noisy, um, but very well behaved as well, which was fantastic. And, you know, it, it, it's exactly what you want a derby game to be, full of drama, full of action, full of crunching tackles and three cracking goals as well. And, you know, this time White Eagles come out on top, but next time could very well be the Knights. Matt, any uh, thoughts and feelings on, on this one? A, a very, very entertaining game. We've talked about how entertaining MPL2 has already provided to be, uh, but this just really sort of encapsulates how strong this this competition is and any that anything can happen, uh, especially in these derby games, like Russ uh, mentioned, you know, the, the fans, the style of play, the crunching tackles, just the intensity of being in that sort of derby environment uh, as well. Yeah, and uh, Russ mentioned the footage. I saw one of the footage online, one of the goals. I think it was White Eagles' goal, was it? It was a brilliant striker from sort of outside the box. I believe it was the last. That was McCarthy's. That was McCarthy's. Yeah, yeah that, was, that was an absolutely terrific goal. Um, bit of good, good old handheld footage there from Kayleen in close. Always makes it look incredibly good, doesn't it? It does. Because <laughs> it shakes the camera, especially when there must have been a White Eagles supporter. I think that was getting all excited when they scored that one. Um, in general, though, O'Connor, yeah, they looked, from all accounts, they looked pretty lively when they scored. 
They trusted themselves defensively afterwards. And uh, apparently it was mostly um, White Eagles in that second half trying to come back and, <coughs> and um, get that victory. For White Eagles, they've really improved over the last month or so. When we saw them in preseason, we'll talk about how they didn't have that great of preseason, but it is preseason. They're looking really, really good now. And for them to push O'Connor Knights like that, who, who they were one of the, in the first two rounds, are probably one of the better sides in the competition in terms of results and in terms of the way they played. Uh, yeah, so O'Connor Knights will be disappointed that they let that, that goal you know, lead slip. Uh, but they'll be looking to bounce back next week against the Brindies while this sets up White Eagles perfectly against Queanbeyan City, who we're going to mention. Didn't get the result they would have liked on the weekend against ANU. All right. So uh, next up, Michael, what is the matchup? Yeah, so next matchup and the final matchup uh, in this one uh, for round three, MPL2, was Queanbeyan City uh, at, at home uh, to ANU. Uh, we talked about how much of a great game this was going to be uh, as well as the game that we just uh, previously dissected. It was Queanbeyan City up against ANU and ANU coming away with a valuable away uh, win against Gabby Wilkes' Queanbeyan team. Peterkin uh, providing the sole goal that separated the two teams in this game. Matt, a, a big win for ANU. You know, against a team that just has so much firepower in Queanbeyan City. And last week, I remember we discussed how much attacking threat Queanbeyan has and how they just score goals in abundance. But I mean, ANU obviously did a fantastic job to not even let them score one. They got a clean sheet and the victory as well. So all around, uh, ANU must be absolutely uh, pleased with uh, the way that in which they approached this game and got the three points. Yeah, Adam Conor will be very happy with how his side performed. He clearly went out with a game plan to try and nullify Queanbeyan's attacking threats, even if that was at the at the behest of their own attacking abilities. They knew they had to be very resolute in their defensive performance against Queanbeyan City because if they got any uh, a hold of any of the footage that Queanbeyan City plays against Western Malonglo, I haven't seen a match like that where one side created so many chances. It could have been way more than five. I was very, very impressed with Queanbeyan that day. So clearly, uh, ANU had seen some of that footage and uh, gone or seen them play just in preseason and go, okay, this we're going to have to have a different sort of um, approach to this matchup. And the match might have been a little scrappy at times. Queen City had the majority of the chances. ANU, you didn't have too many from what I've been told, but when they did, they capitalized on it. Uh, naturally, ANU sat back a little bit more, tried to you know, nullify Queanbeyan and it worked because this is a team that we all know can score. We all know the Wilkes um, love to try and put goals in the back of the net at the behest of their own, uh, sometimes at the behest of their own uh, defensive game. So Queanbeyan City will be a little disappointed that they, you know, suffered this defeat considering it is their first matchup at home this round. Um, but yeah, it just wasn't their day at the office. Whenever they got their chances, they weren't able to convert them and ANU just made it of this a very, very tough match for them. Uh, yeah, but I really liked what I heard um, in terms of uh, ANU uh, this season, in terms of the way they're playing, because you always love it when you get to see a team that has can, that has different sort of game plans. And clearly, I think this will help ANU moving forward to have a different game plan when they need it. They they can sort of pull a rabbit out of the hat and say, all right, even though we're a, we're usually a ball uh, team that loves to control possession and, and attack, um, but now they have that sort of game plan where they can pull a rabbit out of the hat and 
play this sort of rugged defensive performance to nullify an attacking team like Queanbeyan City. But expect Queanbeyan City to bounce back if it's not this weekend, next weekend. We all know the sort of power they have and the sort of passion that the Wilks bring to any side that they coach. Uh, they're going to be raring the boys to go next week. So, yeah, I'm looking forward to see what happens next week. But Queanbeyan City is still going to be one of the favourites um, uh, this season, uh, despite this loss. And ANU... This is a statement victory, even though we all know they're one of the historic sides. Uh, not a lot of people were talking about ANU in the offseason. So this is a statement victory for them saying, hey, we're going to be in and around this uh, top position for uh, the promotion contenders. Russ? Tactically, Adam Condobidero got it spot on um, on the weekend and they've reaped the rewards with three points thanks to a goal from Rowan Peterkin. Um, Queen Bin City, when you play them, they love unstructured football. They've got some real quality players that can take you apart if you give them the space and um, and I say unstructured insofar as that you know they're they're not limited by where they're going to be. So if you can keep yourself nice and compact and you can keep your team organised, um, you can frustrate them. And I think that's what ANU did on the weekend. As you said, it was at the um, to the detriment of their own attacking threat that they often um, have, but they still had enough on the break uh, to, to get the winning goal. And I think credit to Adam and, and his coaching staff at ANU for getting that spot on. Now, Queenbean City, Queenbean City, they'll they'll roll with the punches with this one, um, and they'll be straight back to it next week. And uh, again, they'll they'll play the same way and um, you know try and score as many goals as they can because that's what they do. Uh, it's it's certainly going to be interesting in that regard. All right, uh, do you have any comments on this uh, match, Michael? Before we move on to uh, the predictions, I think uh, both of you raised uh, you know the key highlights and takeaways for this. <laughs> Uh, encounter uh, I think one of my thoughts is that I think anyone that would have seen that game uh, in terms of how ANU set up uh, where they nullified you know Queen Min's attacking threat and you know were able to snag a goal and and get the win it sort of sets a blueprint on how you can best approach a, a team like Queen Min City who we mentioned love to attack so I think this result sort of you know uh, highlights and showcases that you can put a blueprint in, in place and a tactical strategy uh, in place in terms of being a little more compact uh, against Queanbeyan, really shutting off the spaces for them to use their pace uh, and attacking threat uh, and, and more or less just hit them on the counter-attack where you can potentially look to expose um, areas that they leave in, in behind. Uh, so I believe that it's a great win for ANU. Um, and we'll just see now how teams are going to set up against Queanbeyan after this uh, result. Um, I know that Queanbeyan obviously have the firepower to break down any any defence, but I mean, if you have that blueprint in place where you're um, you're defensively minded and you, and you and you're structured and and you're focused in and around that area, uh, then you can uh, achieve success. So. Um, We'll see what happens uh, going forward. So that, that'll just lead into now uh, doing the round four uh, predictions. We've got Western Malongolo up against Wagga City Wanderers Saturday, May 1st, 2.15 at Woden Park enclosed. Uh, I'm going to go for a Western uh, Malongolo uh, victory there uh, in Woden. Um, I believe that um, given the state of both clubs and, and the re- and the results that they've endured so far this season, I do think that this is where Western Malongolo have the best chance to sort of kickstart their year. So I'm going to go for a home win uh, for Western. What about uh, you, Matt? 
Yeah, I'm, I'm going to go for the same, a home victory for Western Malonglo. This will probably be a tough matchup. It'll probably be cagey at times as well. I mean, both sides, let's be honest, both sides will be looking at this and thinking that they can get their first points of the season. Uh, the only issue, I guess, for the Wanderers is, we've mentioned it before, but they weren't able, they haven't been able to score yet. And we saw sort of how that played on teams like, for example, the West Canberra Wanderers last season when they weren't able to score for the first four games, I think it was. And then it was just sort of like a pressure that they didn't need. And once they were able to break the duck, they were able to break the duck. But in that regard, I think Western Mongol have shown, shown a little more going forward so far this season than uh, the Wanderers. So I'm going to go for Western Malongolo. Uh, any comments on this one? Yeah, big ask for Wagga City Wanderers to back up after Wednesday night at the Riverside uh, to come back to Canberra only a couple of days later and play again against a team that's hanging for some points as well. So, yeah, it's a big, big ask for um, Dave Leonard and his team to back that up, um, see how they come out of Wednesday first. But, yeah, it's going to be difficult for them. All right, Michael, yep. next up. Uh, we've got Brinda Bella, uh, Blues, coming off uh, that fantastic victory. Uh, up against uh, O'Connor Knights uh, this Saturday, May 1st at 4.45 at Ipen Park. This one's going to be uh, tough just based on the fact uh, of how well uh, the Brindies played uh, in round three uh, with Schaefer, obviously, or Schaefer, sorry, scoring a hat-trick uh, and carrying that momentum over to continue his good start to the season. I do think that O'Connor are going to bounce back, though, uh, from, from that White Eagles defeat. I think they'll be motivated um, to get themselves back on the right track in terms of, you know, it's tough losing a, a derby and you've got this sort of pent-up sort of a, aggression in a way where you're so eager to just put that result behind you and you do that by going out the next week and and um, getting yourself back in the win column. So I think that that's what I expect O'Connor Knights to do with the quality that they have. Uh, so I'm going to go for an away victory uh, for O'Connor. Look, this, I agree. I think O'Connor uh, just going to nip this one, but I think it's going to be very, very close. We could see a lot of goals in this one as well, yep. despite O'Connor being relatively strong defensively. We saw White Eagle sort of nullify, try and uh, even though Schaefer still ended up scoring and uh, Brenda Bell still scored twice against White Eagles, uh, from all reports, they, uh, White Eagles did quite well to sort of nullify the, uh, the attacking presence for a decent amount of the game from Brenda Bella Blues. So if O'Connor could do something uh, similar to sort of stop the pace of the Brindies, then they might be able to, um, yeah, they might be able to get a victory here. But in saying that, Brindies are going to put up a fight. I just think O'Connor have a little too much experience in this one and especially in the uh, big matches. And you mentioned how they're going to be raring to go after losing that derby. It's going to be a close one, but I'm going to go for O'Connor. Any thoughts on this one, Russ? Yeah, Blues will fancy themselves. I think um, they've got a lot of pace to, to cause O'Connor issues. However, O'Connor have got a lot of quality footballers in, in that side. It's going to be a, a high-scoring game. I think there'll be plenty of goals in that one. Wouldn't surprise me if it's a similar outcome to when they played White Eagles a couple of weeks ago. Brindley will score goals, but I think they'll concede them as well. Absolutely. And next we've got uh, the big one, Queanbeyan City up against Canberra White Eagles. Another derby for MPL2. We've got that at uh, 5.30pm, uh, but that might change to 330 uh, at high, sorry, more than likely, I would imagine it's going to yeah, be okay at high at high street, uh, Saturday, May 1st. Uh, what a game this will be! I'm sort of thinking, will White Eagles be able to replicate another big away derby victory? 
Uh, I'm going to sit on the fence with this result. I, I think it's going to be a draw. Uh, I think they're going to cancel each other out. I think they're both quality sides uh, with um, great players. I think it's going to be tough for them to break each other down. Uh, obviously, Quimby being kept at nil uh, against ANU, they'll be looking to change that and get on the score sheet this week, especially against uh, White Eagles with uh, you know the... Uh, thoughts and feelings uh, that, that are attached to it to a derby um, you, you can expect absolute fireworks uh, on the pitch uh, and uh, the fans going absolutely crazy for that one as well so that's going to be a great game uh, to watch uh, but I'm definitely going to go for a draw here uh, I think Queen Bean's going to uh, perform a bit better than what they did against uh, ANU um, and I just can't quite see White Eagles being able to uh pick up uh, a victory against O'Connor away from home and then a victory against Queen City away from home. It would be two amazing back-to-back results. Not saying that they can't do it, but I'm, I just see this contest as a draw. Yeah, Michael, you won't like this one, but I've agreed with you for the third time now on this one. I'm going to go oh, for the because for me, I, for me, this matchup... He's just writing down what you're saying, mate. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> So, yeah, so at this point, uh, for me, it's all about how a White Eagle is going to approach this game. We know how Queen City is going to approach it. It's all about how a White Eagle is going to approach this game. And at the moment, despite uh, their improvement defensively, White Eagles, it's safe to say, aren't uh, so far, haven't been as strong as ANU, for example, defensively. We know they can score goals, though. So it, it, it's going to be all about how are they going to set up in this matchup. But I'm going to go for a draw. I think this could be very high scoring. Or it could be the opposite. But I think it will be high scoring. Sorry, just going to cover all bases here. I just realized how ridiculous that sounded. My apologies. But yeah, all right. High scoring. I'm going to go for that one instead. Being like that. But regardless, I'm going to sit on the fence in this one. But like I said, the key factor for me is how are Canberra White Eagles going to approach this one. And yeah, we've mentioned... It'll most likely be 3.30, but the reason why we mentioned 5.30 is because it hasn't been changed on the website yet. Russ, any comments on this one before we move on? I, well, to be honest, if you're in and around Canberra and you love football, why not go to High Street at 3.30 and watch Queen City White Eagles then nip in your car over the road to Riverside to watch Monero versus Canberra Croatia? I mean, you're not going to get two better games in Canberra this weekend and they're being played a goal kick apart, really. Yeah, um, down the road. Uh, yeah, just literally down yeah. the road and around the corner. So um, I'll probably do that myself. I might get there for the first half of <laughs> Queen City White, uh, versus White Eagles um, and then nip off to the commentary over the road. I think it's going to be a great game. I mean, these two sides have both got um, ambitions of being in NPR one next year. And uh, whilst it's a long season... We talked about it in the O'Connor game. It's just giving you that little bit of an impetus if you can get a result. Michael's made a very pertinent point. Really hard for Queen City to back up again. Uh, White Eagles, sorry, to back up again. Go to both your rivals in consecutive weeks and get a result. It's a bit like asking, um, you know, Manchester United to go to City, then Liverpool in consecutive yeah. weeks. It's really hard to do. And yeah, it's going to be a great occasion. I think we'll um, we'll all enjoy it from the football point of view. It's going to be great, a good result. I think it's going to be a, a draw as well. I think if I was going to tip. Three all. If it, yeah, if, <laughs> if keyword. Yeah. <laughs> all right. Lastly, we've got uh, Ugali uh, at home to ANU uh, Sunday, May second, one PM at Solomad Stadium. Uh, in this one, I'm going to go for an ANU victory. Uh, I think they've built up a lot of confidence uh, from that Monero, uh Sorry, from that uh, Queanbeyan City result, I should say, uh, where they uh, 
got the victory there and played fantastically well. I expect, that it, expect them to carry that over uh, against Yulgali. So I'm going to go for an ANU uh, away victory. Yeah, it looks like we're four for four this week, Michael. So um, if, if, if we're both going down, we're going down together. If we both yeah. were sharing the spoils <laughs> together, it seems. Yeah, look, uh, yeah, very impressive victory, like we said, for ANU. Yulgali, though, they're going to, you're going to see the best performances at home this season or around the Riverina area. Very, very strong. That way, there's no issues with travel. They're all going to be there. So I think we're going to see an interesting matchup. But I think ANU, like I mentioned before, they've shown they can throw a rabbit out of the hat. I'm intrigued to see how they approach this one. But we all know they can play both sides of the ball. And yeah, but Ugali, uh, expect them to have a, a good display. But I guess the big question is, now I just remembered it now, they do have that matchup against Tuggeranong two days before. So how are they going to back up in that regard? But regardless, I think ANU are going to win because they've just shown that they can play both sides of the ball this season. And they probably have been um, the most consistent when it comes to playing both sides of the ball this season in the opening three rounds. Um, Ross, any thoughts on this one? Yeah, I think the key is exactly what you said then. It yeah. depends what Almost happens. Almost forgot. Depends what happens on yeah. Friday night. Yeah. I mean, they might still be out on Sunday morning if they get a result. So <laughs> yeah. it might be my play into ANU's yeah. hands. So, yeah, I mean, it, you know, if, if they play on Friday night against Tuggeron, let's just say worst case scenario for them, it goes to extra time. It goes to penalties. You know, it's a long evening for them. So then if they do win, they're obviously going to then go and have a bit of a celebration because you don't win FFA Cup games very often. You go to don't get to a semi-finals of the FFA Cup very often, especially if you're an NPL2 team. So that's going to have a huge bearing on the outcome of this game. Uh, also, whether the game uh, still goes ahead, I'm assuming it is. Um, I haven't heard anything different. So it's um, it's going to be a, a good match to watch. I think two sides that are really prepared to go out and play football and Sutherland's got a decent-sized surface there. So, yeah, expect some goals. And, it, and um, yeah, the result will depend on what happens on Friday. It is certainly going to be an interesting one. All right, that's us. Uh, that's us from that's it from us today guys um and we're going to be looking forward to a very interesting week of football russ do you want to mention the week you've got in football i saw your facebook status before yeah. we started this so you've got a bit of an interesting week yeah before i do i'd just like to give a shout out to our centurions this week david jenkins monero panthers yeah. i says heki Canberra Olympic bring up 100 games and 50 games in the Women's Premier League for Ella Brown of Gungarden United and Jen Bissett of Canberra, Croatia. So congratulations to those four and bring out their milestones. There's plenty more coming up this week as well. Um, I'll keep you updated each week on those. That was great. Yeah, this week it's a um, bit of a busy one. Um, got the book launch tomorrow in Glebe up in Sydney. Come back for Wednesday night live on Bar TV, Monero Panthers versus Wagga City Wanderers FFA Cup. Friday, the long trip to Griffith, Ugali versus Tuggeron in the FFA Cup as as well Saturday um, evening Monero Panthers versus Canberra Croatia in MPL and Sunday up at Gungarlin enclosed the Women's National Premier League Gungarlin versus Belcon United so four games in five days for myself and I'm really looking forward to it uh, they're going to be four cracking contests and uh, can't wait for it all to come around so a bit of K's on the car this week uh, Russ a few K's going up to, um, to Sydney and back which would be yeah. nice and I'm really looking forward to that um, Andy Bernal's just sent me a message actually saying Adam Peacock's picked up a copy and looked through it and gone what a book um, so again shameless Fantastic. plug part two <laughs> go buy yourself a copy it's available on Amazon it's available from Fair, Fair Play Books and all good booksellers and if they don't stock it they're not a good bookseller uh, yeah. and we're hoping to, <laughs> they're hoping to have there be some signed copies and keep an eye out if you're in Canberra as well because we will be having a launch 
here as well. Um, and hopefully not just about the book, there'll be a Q&A with, um, with Andy through myself and a few other things going on. We might have an auction happening and you know, just a good chance for the football community to get together and celebrate one of our own and give him the credit that he deserves. Um, but really looking forward to the FA Cup. Love FA, FA Cup weeks. Um, we are in the process at the moment as well of trying to see if we can score some sponsorship to get the Women's Federation Cup semi-finals streamed live on Bar TV Sports as well. So if you're interested in, in women's football or football in Canberra in general and you want to um, sponsor that to make that happen so we can bring those two matches to you live on Bar TV Sports, please get in touch through myself, through Facebook or however, see, hit me up at the ground or through Michael or Matt if you know them um, and they'll pass on the messages. And uh, thanks very much for having me again. Really appreciated it. And uh, apologies for my tardiness getting here late. It's a right pleasure having you as always. Russ, your knowledge is impeccable of camera football as we all know it. Michael, any last comments before we head off? No, I think um, another just another great week of, of football on the horizon. Um, you know, Russ, you've got a lot, a lot of commentary uh, to do. You've obviously got uh, the release of Andy Manal's uh, book as well, uh, which will be fantastic um, just for Canberra football uh, in general and just the Canberra community. Uh, so that's fantastic. And hopefully uh, with the Women's um, Federation Cup semis, uh, we can get uh, the sponsorship sponsorship. Sorry, there uh, so we can broadcast uh, those games as well. So exciting times ahead. Um, it's going to be another great week of, uh, of football. And it's um, much cheaper than you actually think it might be to broadcast a game live on Bar TV Sports. There we go. Yeah, I did see that little interplay on Facebook that led to that. So it's great to see that, uh, you know, just fans in general, just very, um, you know, in an ideal, yeah, in an ideal world, we'd be able to cover everything. Um, we can't, um, yeah. obviously, because we, we're, we're crying out for more commentators as well. You guys, and, have, you've been doing a great job, Matt and Jeremy and, McGann as well. And, and cameras in general. Cameras and, you know, they do other equipment. Sports. There's all sorts of stuff going on, but they're, they're very supportive by our TV. And I mean, especially with midweek stuff, if there's matches on in midweek, even if there's MPL2 games switched to midweek, if we can get the sponsorship to cover them, we certainly will, because midweek's a great time to watch football. It certainly is. Thank you very much, everybody. Thank you for listening. The response, as always, has been fantastic, especially for the, the premier launches for the Facebook's page and the shares and the comments and everyone just... Um, and the people that come up to me and just have a chat about it when I'm at the games, it's greatly appreciated. We greatly appreciate all the support. And it's great to see that everyone's just so into this season, whether it's Bar TV or the podcast or the book launch or anything Canberra football, it seems to just be getting bigger and bigger from last year to, uh, to last year before COVID to after COVID to this year. It just yeah. keeps growing. So thank you very much, everybody. And uh, I'll see you next week for Qu episodes. Sorry, quarter of a century yes. episodes as well. So 25 episodes, um, quarter of the way there. So we need to bring up that those triple digits. I'm sure we will. We will, yes. we will get there. So thank you very much, everybody, and see you for episode 26.